Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to take a quick moment to pause and to thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning into this conversation as you adjust to a new normal. Thank you for being a part of this growing, engaged community of enrollment marketers. I'm so proud of what we're building here, and I'm moved by the feedback, the editorial contributions, and the support that so many of you have provided. We're going to need each other now more than ever before, and I want you to know that Enrollify is here. We're listening. We're thinking hard about how to provide value during this moment. I want to especially thank our partners who make the work we do here possible. We're really selective in who we pick to sponsor our conversations, so I encourage each of you to check out what they have to offer. Request a demo, download an ebook, or engage in an exploratory conversation with them. These are exceptional people who really care about bettering the enrollment marketing space. Today's sponsor is no exception. Blackthorn.io, a Salesforce app exchange partner, is the most beautiful, simple, yet powerful native Salesforce events platform on the market. Due to the coronavirus, their team has spent the last couple of weeks working tirelessly to update their solution. And now admissions departments and other event planners can connect tools like Zoom directly to their existing event processes, which makes online recruitment easy to manage entirely in Salesforce. If you use Salesforce as your CRM and need ideas on how to move your recruitment and admissions events online, please go and read Kristen Hicks' latest blog post at blackthorn.io forward slash blog. That's blackthorn.io forward slash blog. Kristen is the director of marketing and partnerships at Blackthorn, but she spent several years working in higher education admissions before this role. So she can completely empathize with the challenges that so many of you are facing right now. Read her post and request a behind-the-scenes look at Blackthorn's app at blackthorn.io forward slash blog. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. Each week, the Enrollify podcast equips you with insights into how the latest trends in marketing and technology are impacting today's enrollment marketers. Every episode is designed to inspire new, creative ideas for how to optimize the resources you have to generate the results that you need. My name is Zach Buzicruz, and I am the host of today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Buzicruz and I am the host of today's episode. And today I have the privilege of sitting down with Tara Duranti, who is the president of Keras Communications. Welcome to the show, Tara. Well, thanks so much for having me. Tara, I'd love for you to just kick us off by sharing with our listeners a little bit about who you are, what Keras Communications is, and even if you could provide a, a Cliff's Notes sort of overview of your career to date, that would also be helpful. Sure thing. Um, so I founded Keras last fall in October um, after I'd spent almost six years at Swarthmore College as their um, I left uh, as their director of admissions communications, and I found a Keras to expand my work to a broader range of clients and types of projects. Um, my niche expertise is 
I think, pretty unusual in that it combines both college admissions and financial aid messaging, Hmm. Um, particularly for elite schools, but um, also more broadly in higher ed. And so I have an unusual understanding of the intersections of the goals, the timelines, the resources of admissions and financial aid offices. Um, While I was at Swarthmore, our team's communications um, helped drive a 106% increase in annual admission applications during a five-year period. Wow. Um, Super proud about that and also um, was humbled by awards from industry organizations like Case. Um, They gave us the gold for our view book. Um, And so was really proud of our team's work at Swarthmore. Um, In addition to enrollment marketing, I have a maybe even more unusual passion for financial aid communications. Um, Spent a lot of time in that complex arena um, and went even deeper last fall and earned a certificate from the College Board's Institute for Financial Aid. That's this renowned week-long boot camp course that's designed specifically for financial aid directors um, to help them understand how to do their job. So if you can imagine about 200 financial aid professionals in the room and then me as the only marketing communications person there. Um, But I did that because I really wanted to get the most information possible and provide expert advice from a communication standpoint to support financial aid teams and also be customer service focused for prospective students. Um, That certainly is a a really interesting kind of intersection point that that you enjoy uh, that you enjoy living in and operating in. Can you just quickly uh, define what does financial aid communications mean to you? Oh, sure thing. Um, I feel like financial aid is uh, a topic that fills a lot of people with confusion, anxiety, and dread. And um, it also is a bit of a black box and no one really understands um, how it works, it feels frustrating. And so um, I I aim to provide financial aid communications that demystify the process, that de-jargonize, if, if I can coin that term. I love it, I love um, it. De-jargonize a lot of the terminology. Um, I mean, I've talked to accountants and CFOs who don't understand a lot of the terminology. Um, and so... Financial aid communications to me mean explaining in real world language um, what the process is, what to expect, what the policies are at a particular institution, um, and providing customer service focused communications. Fantastic. I love it. I've never quite heard somebody even coin the term financial aid communications as uh, as a discipline of sorts. And so I, I like how you did that. And I, I appreciate you kind of fleshing out a little bit for, for our listeners what that at, what that especially means to you. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off as you were uh, talking a little bit more about just kind of your, your career and whatnot. So feel free to kind of loop back to um, uh, an overview of Tara's career. Oh, sure. Um, I guess I guess I would just add that um, I specialize in audience-focused communications. Um, I like to try to get inside the head of whoever I'm communicating with, whether that's a 
high achieving first generation 17 year old student or a school counselor or um, a parent. Um, I have significant ex experience prior to my work at Swarthmore um, working for a private independent school um, where I did a lot of recruitment and retention programs. I also have experience in course development and software training. And right now my work with Keras uh, is very broad in terms of the types of projects I do, everything from strategic marketing campaigns, um, print, uh, web content, email campaigns, social media, white papers, project management, et cetera. So um, that's, I hope that's a, a fairly good summary. I think that's sufficient. I think that's sufficient. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well done, well done. I know I, I appreciate that. Um, the, the context is really, really helpful. So today we're here to talk about how enrollment marketers, and again, how we define enrollment marketers as anyone that's working in higher education in an admissions or marketing context. So we're, we're here to talk about how enrollment marketers can appropriately communicate with admitted students during the COVID-19 crisis that we're all living through right now. And you actually published an excellent five-step guide on LinkedIn recently, and that's actually how we connected. I stumbled upon the guide that you published and, and reached out to you, and you were gracious enough to give us a little bit of your time. And what I'd love to do now is sort of kind of walk through this resource via a series of questions that I'll ask and, and hopefully you'll answer. Does that does that sound good? Of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what we'll do is we'll link, uh, we'll send a link to the guide in the show notes so people can access those as well, uh, access the guide directly as well. So okay. talk to us a little bit about what's the first thing that a college admissions professional needs to remember when engaging with admitted students during this moment? I would say the first, the first thing that they need to remember is that this is not business as usual. Um, we need to step back and put ourselves in the shoes of our admitted students at this time. Everything about their lives just about has changed, mostly in negative ways, unfortunately. Um, and so I think that if college admissions professionals, um, you know, who's, who are able to step into the shoes of admitted students will realize that they're coming of age at a time when the world feels like it's ending. Um, they're receiving messages from lots of other authority figures that could be inconsistent at best or terrifying at worst. Um, their family might have lost all or part of their income. They might have someone in their family who's sick. They can't see their friends and family the same way they used to. And then all of the buildup of high school, um, the payoff isn't there for them, right? Mm. So they've been practicing for months to to compete at a sports event or perform in a musical or even just the milestone events of prom and graduation. Um, that's all been taken away from them. And it's, it's very sad um, for them. I think they're trying to make the best of it and they're resilient, but I think that admissions professionals need to recognize that when they send an email out or post something on social media, um, these are the, these are the young people that they're speaking to. And I, I would, I would highlight that populations of students who are um, low income or um, first generation to college or maybe attend an under-resourced high school, they may be having an even harder time of it. And so we want to be sensitive that 
right at this moment when things are so uncertain and difficult is usually when they receive their admission decision. Sure. Um, There's an incredible opportunity there to be empathetic. Sure. Sure. And just to, just to add on to that, uh, in addition to kind of the, the social realities that, that are no more and these, these milestones that you talk about, like prom, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got all these students who worked really, really hard just several months ago on their college applications and their essays and taking, you know, standardized tests, right? And now they're all living through this moment where I'm sure many of them are, are wondering, was that worth it? Uh, what do I do now? The, I feel like the conversation in, and has shifted from, you know, do all of this work, spend a lot of time studying and, you know, all, all for what, when many of them now, even if they got into their institution of choice, may be wondering if they're going to be able to pay for it or if they're going to be able to leave their family even in just a few months and, and go to college. And that reality um, is nothing short of overwhelming. I think overwhelming is the right word. Um, and, and just to, to augment that a little bit, um, don't forget that they're trying to finish their senior year, most of them by taking online classes Yeah. um, yeah. with teachers that may or may not have experience with that. Um, They may not have adequate supplies or resources at home to do that well. So it's, they may be babysitting younger siblings. I mean, so many changes in their lives are influencing how these communications from schools that admit them will land. They can land really poorly or they can land well. And college admissions professionals, I feel, have an ethical responsibility at this time to be very cognizant of communicating in an appropriate way to this population. One of the things I love that you say in this resource is you stress this need for schools to embrace what you call authentic empathy in this year's yield strategy. And I'm hoping you could just take a couple of minutes to flesh out what this could look like. Sure thing. So authentic empathy for me is... um, asking ourselves what types of messaging would provide the most comfort and calm while acknowledging vast extremes of emotions from the students that are going through the situation. Um, We want to explain what's going on to them, um, reassure them, let them know we're listening to them, while also inspiring them if we can to look forward to the future that's the problem that's probably the trickiest bit and we can come back to that but authentic empathy i think has to acknowledge that um so many students right now are living through unimaginable chaos their lives are unrecognizable and they've lost so much of what's most important to them have you seen anything on social media or maybe any list serves that you might uh, be a member of. Have you seen any examples of schools that you think are doing this well? Yes, in fact. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Um, I think this is an excellent example of a strategy that, and it's not even a yield strategy. Um, 
MIT had, um, I haven't looked at it in a day or so, but they had a program in which members of their community could fill out a very simple form to thank someone, um, member of the staff or faculty or another student for, I think in their words, going above and beyond at this difficult time. And then um, you could view what people had written. Um, and there are pages and pages and pages of, you know, just real time appreciation. And I gotta tell you, if I was a prospective student um, or uh, a family member of a prospective student, that type of um, informal, real-time appreciation would reassure me that um, a school would care for me in that way if I was a student there. We can't underestimate um, ways that we can communicate to... I'm going to back up for a second there. Yeah. We can't underestimate the value of sharing with prospective students how we are caring for and protecting our current students. Many, many admitted students are absolutely asking themselves right now, what would my life be like if I was a student on that school's campus right now? Hmm. Um, so I think that that's an important element of um, this authentic empathy um there's also a bit that i if i could inject some some numbers i'm a i'm a data-driven person please please so there was a national survey last week of 300 families with admitted first-year students more than a quarter of them are reevaluating their college choice because of the pandemic wow. i think that's i think that's an underestimate because that was last thursday <laughs> um i think that the numbers were published and I think that that number is going to go up. The two top reasons were proximity to home and family finances. Hmm. So if we translate that into real world language, you know, these students and their families have seen how geographic distance can cause additional stress and risk during the pandemic, and they don't want to commit to taking that risk right now. Um, so I would expect to see many students prioritizing schools that are closer to home. Um, and then again, many families, you know, their their personal financial situation has changed quite a bit. I information they provided on the FAFSA may be completely irrelevant now. I think I read I read three articles today about the unemployment rate, which was three and a half percent in January, and they're expecting it to be twenty percent uh, wow. within the next month or so. So wow. that's another bit to to commit um, to memory from a position of authentic empathy. We'll jump right back into the conversation after a quick message from this episode's sponsor. To say that the last few weeks have been crazy might be the greatest understatement of 2020. In a way, the whole world has stopped, and yet enrollment marketers are still expected to successfully seat the fall 2020 class. The good news? We're also living through one of the greatest moments of innovation in history. And where there is innovation, there is always hope. I've been chatting with a number of our listeners on LinkedIn over the past few days. And the question I get asked over and over again is, how do I successfully move live recruitment events online? 
Folks have been asking me about whether webinars or Facebook live streams are better, what promotional tactics they should be using, and what the best tools for online event management are. As an enrollment marketing technologist, I've seen my fair share of event management apps. Most of them are clunky, glitchy, and don't truly integrate with your CRM or SIS, even if they say that they do. And that's why I love Blackthorn.io. Blackthorn Events is the best native Salesforce events platform on the market. If you're an enrollment marketer using Salesforce as your CRM and or SIS, and you're looking for an end-to-end management solution for your recruitment and or on-campus events, Chris, Kristen, and the entire Blackthorn team are your people. We're living through a moment that is nothing short of historical. COVID-19 is fundamentally changing the way that we attract, engage, and delight new students. But the show must go on. Let's start reimagining your event marketing strategy by checking out Blackthorn Solutions at blackthorn.io. As Tony Robbins would say, change is inevitable, but progress is a choice. You can choose progress by signing up to learn more about how Blackthorn is helping schools like yours change well. Visit blackthorn.io. Fun fact, Tony Robbins is one of their clients. Again, get started, request a demo at blackthorn.io. Several schools have done this already, but putting on your kind of former director of admissions hat for just a moment, do you think that the responsible thing for college admissions professionals and specifically higher education leadership to do is to move back the decision date? Do you think that it's fair to keep kind of the the May 1 kind of uh, locked in for now? Or do you think the responsible thing for institutions to do to allow families more time and flexibility to let the cake bake and and see where we're at in another couple of weeks, if not a couple months, do you think that the appropriate thing to do is to push that deadline back? So I'm going to correct you for just a minute because I was not director of admissions. I was um, director of admissions communications. Ah, excuse me. Thank you for that clarification. It's an important. It's an important clarification because I I wasn't calling the ball on um, very crucial decisions like um, enrollment deadlines. Um, I'm I'm in the communication business of making sure that the information is sent out in a efficient and um, helpful way to the audiences. But in terms of deadlines, there's a lot of power I think that institutions have from a logistical standpoint so delaying the deadlines for deposits or final transcripts um, offering the option to revise financial aid applications I'm seeing more schools um, expanding their options for deferring enrollment or taking a gap year Hmm. so a student could say yes I want to come to your school but I'm, I'm taking this year off to either settle with my family, work and save money, whatever it may be. Um, I'm also seeing more schools consider offering the option to have students enroll in online only courses for the fall 2020 semester. I think wow. that, that that adds an additional level of comfort that may um, help them commit um, because they know they don't need to move away from their families in August necessarily. Um, On the other hand, I really feel for 
my colleagues in admissions who really must figure out who's in and who's out. Yeah. And so delaying that deadline is is a really tricky choice to make. And I think it probably will be made on a institutional basis, depending on other demands um, at a particular school. I have seen um, what's nice is um, deferring the enrollment deposit date um, is, is a helpful thing. Um, this for all, many families. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. I think that's helpful for many families right now because um, especially if they've lost a lot of their income, they're trying to conserve their financial resources and expecting them to plunk down a, you know, a four figure deposit at this time may not be realistic and certainly wouldn't be um, empathetic to their situation. All of this really begs the question. This is kind of a nice segue into uh, a really hard question to answer, and and that is how do enrollment managers, people working in admissions and people working even in communications, which I'm sure the admissions teams are, are relying heavily on support from communications departments at this at this juncture, how do these individuals? still communicate their unique value offerings to admitted students without coming across as too salesy or too inconsiderate at this moment. Because as we've kind of alluded to, at the end of the day, admissions teams need to know who's in and who's out, right? So what is appropriate to do from a communication standpoint in this crisis? It's a really good question. And and I've heard, I've received unsolicited messages from friends and acquaintances of mine who know what I do to complain about, quite frankly, about communications they've received that act as if everything is business as usual when it's not. Um, and so, you know, things are not landing well, I think, if if, uh, if we don't make changes. Um, I would say that what you mentioned about the values of the institution, those are key. And I would go back to that. So whether it's a research institution or a performing arts conservatory or a state flagship, community college, liberal arts college, whatever type of institution it is, there are core values of that institution that um, go back to why the institution was founded, what principles it holds dear, um, what type of student thrives there. So going back to um, those core values and communicating those to admitted students, I think is where it's at while reassuring them that what hasn't changed is the institution's value for the admitted students' achievements, their character and their potential now more than ever. So while they may have lost so much, they haven't lost what got them admitted that hasn't gone away. And so being able to connect, make a connection for the admitted student between why you admitted them in the first place and the core values of your institution, I think that's gonna be a key strategy for yield and yield communication. So let's say that your hallmark of your institution is the power of performing arts or research and innovation 
um, a caring community or small classes, any of those things can be tied directly back to what um, admitted students are looking for as they're trying to figure out how to move forward into an uncertain world. Um, and so communicating that to admitted students that we want you to join us at our school because we're going to be shaping what comes next. And we, we admitted you for a reason and that's more important to us now than ever before. I love that. And I, I also think that where there is a huge opportunity is for admissions teams to connect admitted students with current students, even if it's, you know, some sort of, uh, I'm thinking of a, a, you know, video virtual office hours or, you know, hear from student ambassadors over Zoom or whatever it might be. I think that one of the things that if I was a, a prospective college student at this moment, I'd be wondering is, you know, I want, while it's great to get the kind of practical advice, practical kind of deadline reminders from admissions folks, and while it would also be nice to receive me messages that are kind of grounded in empathy, I want to hear from the students, right? How are the students managing this? Because in, you know, it's not too far off to say that there's a chance that some of these students will be, ha will have their first semester as a college student in some sort of virtual context or some sort of hybrid context. And so I think that there's this huge opportunity for admissions teams to think critically about how do we involve our current students in sort of our yield campaigns. And again, how do you do that well? How do you do that in a way that doesn't come across as, as desperate or manipulative? But I think that prospective students, prospective college students today really want to understand what is it like to be a college student in the COVID-19 reality that we find ourselves in? I agree completely about that connection with admitted students and current students. That's always been a powerful element in yield strategies. However, I would use extreme caution um, in terms of how that strategy is implemented from a logistical standpoint, because we won't know um, day to day what the current situation is with our current students. And so, it's risky to sure. put your current students out there um, and let's say a, you know, maybe a profile of them or an email from them or something encouraging prospective students to contact them when maybe three days later, that student really isn't in a position to respond to emails at all. Or maybe that student is unhappy about how your institution may be um, handling things. <laughs> they might not have a great, uh, great things to say. I think that um, the more of a um, real-time uh, video conference or a Google Hangout or a Zoom meeting or something with small groups of current students who have said, yes, I can do this today. Um, I'm healthy and safe and I'm in a a place mentally and emotionally where I can 
I can speak in an honest and positive way about our school to admitted students. Um, but as I'm sure you know, it feels like every day there are so many changes um, that we won't really be able to predict which ones of our current students, you know, one day their family may have all their household income and the next day their primary breadwinner may have lost their job and they're really concerned about whether they can come back. That's an excellent, excellent point. Thank you for that. Um, and that's, I, I think that this is just representative of how quickly things change and, and, and really how adaptive admissions professionals need to be right now because a strategy that might work in this particular moment in 24, 48 hours, right, might be inconsiderate. Um, and I think that really what we're going to see is the need for really nimble uh, strategic communications. And I think that, um, you know, our job is to help support folks in whatever way we can in transitioning uh, nimbly. And I, I'm just curious to, to kind of switch things um, from the student side and, and go towards the admissions uh, team side, putting on kind of, again, your your hat here, your, your former hat. How do you think admissions directors, uh, communications directors can best lead their teams right now? I think that there's a lot of, especially as more and more people are, are hopefully working in remote contexts, how do you lead well? How do you lead strongly in an environment and through a moment where change seems to be the only constant? It's a great question. Um, and again, I'm going to keep beating this drum of empathy. I just mentioned empathy for current students that we would be putting out there to communicate with admitted students. I think first and foremost, teams are going to work together better if they feel that their that their leaders care about how they're holding up during this crisis. So, you know, your team members might be dealing with technology issues, childcare problems, health concerns, um, and might be afraid to share anything about those problems unless they hear from their supervisor that, hey, I'm I'm truly interested in how you're doing today. And is there anything that I can do to, to help? Um, and I'm seeing a lot of teams scheduling daily or weekly virtual lunches on Zoom or some other video conferencing tool to maintain and strengthen those personal connections. I would say when it comes down to getting the work done, coordinating and having good internal communication practices are more important than ever project management platforms like Asana or Rike or Basecamp um, can can be an amazing way to help keep um, workflow moving forward and keep the teams organized, but also setting realistic expectations for yourself and your team and having contingency plans in place if you have unexpected staffing shortages and technical problems that will really help. Fantastic. I have just two final questions for you. And the first is on a slightly, hopefully, more positive note. What unexpected opportunities do you think COVID-19 creates for enrollment, the, the enrollment marketing space, if any? In other words, 
as we're all remote, as we're from an admissions professional standpoint in a little bit of a crisis mode and trying to adjust tactics on the fly, what, if anything, do you think this moment um, gives in terms of opportunity for folks who work in enrollment marketing context to better a process, to test out a new strategy, to increase kind of collaboration and team morale? What sorts of opportunities does does this new kind of present moment um, give us? I think it's a great question. I love the positive slant on it. Um, in terms of working internally, I think that um, organizations that are that are doing well are the ones that are communicating well internally and have some some type of um, platform or process to communicate well. They're getting to know each other a lot better and in different ways. And I think that those relationships will be a lot stronger because we're going through this together. Um, there's also opportunities to look at communicating differently with segments of your admitted student pool. And so all those things I mentioned before that were concerns, that are concerns right now for admitted students. So proximity to home, um, finances, reviewing the things that are the strengths of your institution along those lines, those are opportunities. So maybe a, a, a new brief campaign for um, admitted students who are located closer to your institution highlighting the proximity hey this is e an easy drive from your from your home and here are all the things that your family um, could come and do here um, once we're past this pandemic and you know this is we're part of your region or your community um, that reassurance and reminder of the proximity also, I think that um, community colleges are going to see more interest, as will schools that have large endowments, generous financial aid programs, um, tuition resets. I think are go we're going to see more of those. Um, colleges, if you have a strong um, IT department with technical support, it's a chance to showcase how skilled your professors are with adapting to online instruction. Hmm. Um, showing testimonials from students, and then again, driving home the ways that your school is supporting current students, whether that's helping out with um, helping out low-income students with financial assistance for travel or a laptop, or I saw some interesting and really positive examples of um, alumni networks stepping up to either donate to a pandemic response fund or say, hey, I'd like to provide mentoring or job leads or interview uh, practice, um, really, really highlighting all of the strengths that your institution brings to help these admitted students who are looking for any bright spots in their lives. I love it. Those are great, great insights. My final question for you is if there were one, two, or three things you'd like our listeners to walk away with today from this conversation, um, what are those things? I would say first that your admitted students and their families really need to hear your reassurance right now. And not just once or twice, but in pretty much every communication you send. Um, you can't assume that they 
have opened every communication or even read through every communication. So reassurance that you still value them, that the institution values them, etc. That type of reassurance is so important. Um, being compassionate um, and understanding that it's not business as usual anymore. Um, so if you look at how your campaigns performed last year, it, it's, we're starting at year zero. Um, in a certain sense, we can't make apples to apples comparisons um, with data from last year. Um, I guess the last thing is just, I'm feeling really hopeful about this particular class of admitted students. I think that what they're experiencing now is uniquely positioning them to help shape what comes next for mm. our communities and for the world. And and our institutions have such an opportunity to help them do that. Tara, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for um, inviting me. If you are an enrollment marketer, working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast please reach out directly to me at zach z-a-c-h at enrollify.org we sincerely look forward to working with you to make enrollify the most trusted go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there Hey, all just a final thank you to Blackthorn.io, their entire team for making this conversation possible. Please check them out, uh, request a demo. They'll give you a behind the scenes look of how their app works. Chris, Kristen, and the entire team are fantastic. Go ahead and make your way on over to Blackthorn.io, click request a demo, read their awesome blog content, and let me know, give it and rollify a shout out if you end up requesting that demo or downloading a piece of their content. It really, really helps us keep the show running. Thanks, guys.